Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Explainers, your audio guide to everything you need to know about complex and compelling topics. I'm Lindsay Crowderwill, digital production assistant at theweek.com, and today I'd like to share the brief musical history of America's national anthem. Today, we Americans probably know the national anthem as that song that's played before sporting events. But if you take away the ball game, the cheering fans, and the belting diva, and just zero in on the lyrics, you probably notice that the Star Spangled Banner is a song fit for battle. The song was originally written in the 19th century as a poem by Francis Scott Key. Key was more of a poet hobbyist. By trade, he was a lawyer. And during the War of 1812, between the newly independent Americans and the Brits, Key found himself negotiating the release of an American doctor who had been kidnapped by British soldiers. The doctor was being held in a Royal Navy ship off the coast of Maryland. And though the negotiations were a success and Key freed the doctor, he and his team were stuck on a ship on the night of the Battle of Baltimore. The long night was filled with a chorus of booming cannons and exploding rockets, and by morning when the fighting died down, Key watched as the American flag waved proudly over Fort McHenry. Inspired by the sight, he wrote a poem. He had a habit of setting his poetic verses to popular songs of the day, and his new patriotic poem was no different. The melody he had in mind was To Anacreon in Heaven, which was ironically an English song. To Anacreon in heaven, where he sat in full glee, a few sons of harmony sent a petition. Key didn't give the poem a name at first and initially showed the lyrics to only a couple of people. But being that it was wartime, the patriotic ode caught on. When a Baltimore newspaper reprinted the lyrics, they gave it the title Defense of Fort Mahenry. But a Baltimore music store gave the sheet music a more lyrical name, the Star Spangled Banner. The Star Spangled Banner became a perennial hit during times of war and peace. Starting in the mid-1800s, the song was performed at public events. And in 1916, President Woodrow Wilson ordered that it be played at all military events. But it wasn't until after World War I that the song took on a particularly poignant meaning. One ball, one strike. Nobody out and nobody on. During the seventh-inning stretch of one of the games in the 1918 World Series between the Cubs and the Red Sox, the band spontaneously played the Star Spangled Banner. The players suddenly turned to face the center field flagpole and stood at attention. The crowd, already at their feet, sang all the way through to the end. And when the series moved to Boston, another band was brought in to play it until the Red Sox clinched the championship. Considering the response from baseball fans, other sports were quick to adopt the tradition too. And now Miss Gladys Bidding at the organ, playing and singing our national anthem. Despite its popularity, the song didn't actually become the official national anthem until more than a century after it was first written. In 1929, Robert Ripley, yes, the guy behind Ripley's Believe It or Not, he published a syndicated cartoon poking fun at the U.S. for having no national anthem. After that, a petition with 5 million signatures convinced President Herbert Hoover to finally sign it into law in 1931. The Star Spangled Banner has evolved over time. While today we usually sing just one verse, there originally were four, and the arrangement has changed too. It's a little subtle, but you can hear it for yourself. Here's the original 1814 version. 
whose bright stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight for the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. And here's Whitney Houston's rendition from the 1991 Super Bowl. While the older version swiftly marches forward, our modern arrangement has grown more meandering and indulgent. Despite these changes, the government can be a little strict about keeping the anthem close to its original. In 1944, composer Igor Stravinsky wrote his own arrangement for the song and ended up getting fined by the Boston police. The law is apparently still on the books today, so unless you want to pony up a hundred bucks, you Bostonians may as well just let it be. And then there's the controversy that marred Jose Feliciano's career. In the 1968 World Series, Feliciano performed this unique take on the Star Spangled Banner. After the performance, radio stations refused to play Feliciano's music, and some veterans spoke out against the untraditional rendition. Of course, none of this has stopped people from proposing updates. Among the many petitions filed to the White House to change the national anthem, one suggested the government adopt Miley Cyrus's rousing Party in the USA. Another pitched the song War Pigs by British heavy metal rockers Black Sabbath. And another proposed techno hit Sandstorm to take the place of the Star Spangled Banner. If any of those suggestions make your patriotic heart break in two, you need not worry. The petitions are still tens of thousands of signatures shy of even being considered. And that does it for this week's episode of 7-Minute Explainers. Look out for new episodes every Thursday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To check out more of the week's selection of podcasts, including 7-Minute Opinions and This Week I Learned, go to theweek.com audio. And if you like what you hear, tell us by giving us a rating or review on iTunes. I'm Lindsay Crowdwell, and thanks so much for listening.